Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show tonight. If you're into trading the stock market, then you'll be excited about our topic for tonight, which is top growth stocks to buy in quarter 2020. And by the way, Dale told me to let you know that if you like chocolate, then obviously you've got something in common with me. I don't know why he said that, but I'm just the ventriloquist dummy here. So for those of you who are new tonight, our goal as always is to inform and educate you on the realities of successful investing and trading. And so along with our topic, we'll also be answering your questions, looking at stocks for you, along with giving you our view on the Australian market. Hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. I think you're going to get a big nose one of these days. Did my face just go as red as my top thing? Probably, it just keeps growing. Talking about um, big noses, um, I can't hide this bruiser on my nose and no, Dale didn't give it to me in one of our uh, little tiffs that we sometimes have. Um, <laughs> I had, a, had an attack of the, the lampshade um, and I won't go into the details of that, but I had a fight with a, a, a lamp and I came off worse for wear. I'm having a fight with a lampshade. I've normally had too many drinks, <laughs> so I'm not even going to ask where, what was going on in your well, life. I didn't. I hardly drink so. Hey, you know what? You know what I did on the weekend for the first time I haven't done in years? What's that? I actually mowed the lawn. Oh, wow. <laughs> did you get out in your King G shorts? Or? No, I, no, I didn't put my shorts put on. I was on practicing OH&S. I had my jeans and my good short shoes on and everything else. Yeah, because of lockdown, the, the guy mowing the lawns, the guy mowing the pool. That's um, a shock to you. Nobody mows the pool. Um, the guy doing the pool. Well, I don't know about that. Sometimes you get those ducks in there and there's a oh, lot of stuff in there. Yeah, our pool's got crap everywhere. You're trying yeah. to convince me to swim in there, aren't you? But I'll, it's not working. No, no. So I actually got the mower started and I mowed the lawn. I actually enjoyed it. Mm, I hadn't done that good. for quite a long time. But anyway. Did you whistle as you worked? No, but let's get... <laughs> Oh, geez. Um, basically, look, we need to get on anyway and tell everybody, but um, if you missed our view, um, oh, sorry, I'll go back a bit, um, our interview with Joshua on Gold and Silver, so that was on Flix, um, and also um, I think it was on our Monday report, I think. We yeah, look, I think you were going to talk to them about the... Um Hmm? being able to watch that and to tune into Flix. And it's really easy to find, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Go to Flix.net and we've got two, two interviews with Joshua. One where he talks about gold and silver and are they good investments and are they a safe haven, history of those two things. And then the second one, um, I think we're putting out on Flix tomorrow, which is where he thinks gold and silver is going to. So if you haven't been to Flix, Flix.net, just look at the latest video from us. It'll be out there. We're uploading it and it'll be X -X. there. So, sorry, F L I X x.net <laughs> i gotta get that right i get yelled at don't i but you know go on there and have a look we're putting up stuff every single day on flicks.net so just watch out for and that the other thing is comments yeah. comments comments on the the other 
Facebook or YouTube. We want all the comments. So that's yeah, you great. can comment on Facebook. Well, I'm live streaming on Facebook at the moment, so you mm. can comment on below wherever on Facebook. I don't know where it is on Facebook, but you can comment down there. We'd love you to do it. Love you to like the channel um, or like the stream and share it on your Facebook page with your friends right now. Just the um, questions, though. You're going to talk to them about uh, not necessarily posting questions there, making sure you. I don't you need a script. I got send you. Send those to info. Oh, <laughs> info at, at wealth within. But uh, remember, if you do have a burning question for us, um, I uh, I do know, or do what I do want you to do is record a 30 second video and email it through to info at wealthwithin.com.au. And if you are shy, you can also send us your email. We do want emails because we want to be able to organise them a little bit easier. So please make sure you send emails through to info at wealthwithin.com.au. So please do that. Now, if, time, if tonight is your first time watching, then we apologise for this disjointed intro. Um, but thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. All right, moving on. It is the fourth Tuesday in the month and this means... I'm not drum rolling. Oh, jeez, can't get good help anywhere. In, no. We look at world currencies, People so let's get into that. the you charts right now. <laughs> they have to pay to watch me roll my drums. Oh, stop that. All right, okay, look at the charts there. You can see Australian dollar versus British pound sterling is the leader for the month. That's oh, no, interesting. That's awesome. uh, stop rocking the table for me, could you please? 2.17% up for the month. Uh, looking at the bottom end of the, the board there, you can see Australian dollar versus the Japanese yen down 3.2. A bit of a contrast there between the leaders and the, the laggers there. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on there either. But what's most interesting to us, of course, is Australian dollar versus the US dollar. So mm. at the moment, our currency is around 72 cents and, we're, and it's down around 2%, which is not huge, but it's still a move in the opposite direction. And, we, and I guess... You know, we've got to expect that after we've seen a solid rise in the Aussie dollar over recent times. So there could be some more downside in the short term for the Aussie dollar. And I think if the RBO could have an ideal situation, it would be to bring it back to closer to 65 cents, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, the RBA wants it a bit lower for exporting. But right now we can't mm. export anyway. I mean, you know, we've, we've got all this fruit and vegetables and those sorts of things that we can't pick because nobody's. we're not getting backpackers, we're not getting people going out to help the farmers to you know, get the crops out of the ground. We're coming into our spring and our summer, so we're producing a lot. Mm. And then we also we can't export it, so Yeah, and I heard that we've challenge. just had a huge amount of rain recently mm. um, where, where there's drought. So yeah, right where we need it. Mm, right where great. we need it. And obviously mm. fishing as well. Like you know, We're a big seafood nation in terms of producing it and exporting it. So does that it, mean so we're going to get better quality here in Australia and they won't be sending the best overseas like now? You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? But yeah, yeah well, nice, if Jap it? Japan's not taken our prime tuna off, you know, or New Zealand's prime tuna, we should be getting it here cheaper, shouldn't we? We should. Does it al doesn't always work that way. Doesn't does always it? work that way. But um, it said, you know, we've only got 60% of our abattoirs working or they're, they're working 60% capacity. So mm. there's going to be issues around that. And if we're not exporting, some stuff's going to get cheaper. But I, but with the not being able to export and the cost of exporting at the moment has gone up. So, um, yeah. but I'm sure the Australian. Um, well, that's got to be helping us. It's got to be helping the miners anyway. Yeah, it does. And the Reserve Bank does want it lower so we can mm. encourage that exporting to encourage growth here in Australia. So that's really what we want to well, try. Where we do. don't want to see it up around is the 80 cent mark, which is what they're saying we could be heading up there. Yeah, well, the US dollar is not super strong either, mm. you know, and obviously the issues they're having with China at the moment, or I mean, where everybody's having with China at the moment. But we do really need to see the US dollar stay a bit stronger as well. But mm. it's not going to go and look at it. Do you want to have a quick look at the Aussie US dollar? And we can have a bring up a chart for that. 
So, yeah. yep, so you're going to bring it up so we're going to have a bit of a look at it. Now, it's understandable our market's easing off a little bit about against the US dollar because it's been so strong since oh, March, has. hasn't it? Yeah, we'd really like to see it head back into the 60s. That's where it looks like it could go at the moment. So mm. around the 68 cent mark would be good for our our currency below 70 anyway at least. Yeah, so we expect a few weeks down, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, on the Aussie US dollar. So, but again, I don't think there's much much news in terms of longer term where the Aussie dollar and the US dollar is going to go. I really don't think there's, I think it's more bullish, more long, medium to longer term, but shorter term it'll come a bit cheaper. But now, we, before we get into our first question tonight, because we're up to that section, um, if you do have a question, whether it's about a stock or anything in general, then it really is wise to ask, you know, as they say, don't ask and you don't get. Now remember, the more detail you provide with your emails, the more we like it. That said, we don't like war and peace because I just don't want to read that much. Um, but just a few sentences really will suffice. Now first up, tonight we've got a, a video, which is the first one we've had mm. in a month and we do really like the videos because they do allow us to see who you are. So we're really excited about that. Maybe I should ask you for a drum roll. For a video, but um, I'm not the drummer here. Okay, but let's get into our video for tonight, and then we'll come back and answer his question. Hi, Dale and Janine. Um, I'm really new to investing in stock market, um, so I've got a few shares out there. But uh, um, my question is on stock market news, trying to make sense of things like these Appendix Two A and cleansing notices, changing substantial holdings, and I know there's loads of different. Uh, news items that come out, but just trying to make sense of some of those more common ones that we see um, and how that might affect shares. Thanks. Wow, what a great question, isn't it? That's one out of the block, isn't it? Out of the box that hasn't been mm. here before. So, look, I mean, you and I, we, we, in the beginning, when we first started looking at the stock markets many, many, I don't know, I had to think how long ago that was. Last week. But we did all the things that you guys probably think you have to do as well, which you actually don't. So looking at mm. regulatory requirements, I mean, these these notices are regulatory requirements on yeah, listed just, companies yeah. having to put this sort of information together. So, you know, I in the beginning, I used to pay attention to the substantial holdings when holdings in a company changed and who was selling their shares. And mm. look, if it was a smaller company, I probably would if I was holding a smaller company, but not for the big companies. No, nah, I don't. I don't think you would. I mean, you, know, you get changes, directors, interest, directors selling. You, you yeah. get um, all sorts of different. It's just regulatory stuff that mm. they've got to do. And I know people, you know, they go, oh, you know, watch all the announcements, and it's like, well, no, I don't really want to watch all the announcements because you really don't need to. Because, uh, and I think the question he also asked is, it's how what effect does it have on the stock? Now, most of those things that we read through all the announcements mm. really don't have an effect on the actual price of the stock, really, do they? No, I mean, it depends on the liquidity of the share and what mm. the announcement actually is. So he was asking about cleansing notices was mm. another example. And, like, I mean, I can remember looking at this these sorts of things years ago, and it's about... Um, They've got to issue these notices if if new shares are placed mm. on the market, but really, how important is that in the because you, if you're a shareholder, one you would have received the notice, so it's public information anyway. Um, yeah. And if it if you um, if the company was issuing new shares, there could be a dilution of the shares, but mm. that's becomes big news anyway. So often there'll be news reports and the impacts of that is advertised in the, in the open market when mm. once brokers get a handle on it, they start reporting about what their thoughts are on it. And I might give that a cursory glance, but I'm more looking at, okay, if new shares are issued, how many new shares? And how much is that relative to the shares that are currently already on issue? And is it a, 
any, is it something that I need to be concerned about? I think you need to be concerned about is more about where, what, what are they going to do in the next 12 months, two years, those sorts of things. Especially what right their now, earnings? in this yeah. climate. It's yeah, so critical. looking at their quarterly or annual reports or announcements saying, well, what are we going to be mm. doing in the next six to 12 months? What do we expect earnings to be in the next six to 12 months? What do we expect our dividends? What's our debt levels? Mm. All of those sorts of things are far more relevant to them. Yeah, I think you're making it easier for people because, mm. you know, th these sorts of things and all this information out there makes it hard mm. for people to work out what's important and what's not. Yeah, it's just noisy in my mm. book and it really just make your life simple and, and that's really what we talk about here on the show and also we talk about in the book is just to keep it simple. Uh, you can spend your life just reading all these announcements um, off the ASX website and off of, indeed off the company's websites or their own websites. But most of the time, they're irrelevant to most people. Um, they're more just, as Janine says, it's just really for compliance to, yeah. you know, and that's really what it's about. So the major ones you really need to understand is about what are they doing in the in the future? What are their earnings? All that sort of stuff. So, but and that great was, question. That was one of the reasons why I hmm? chose to find another solution because I was reading hmm. all the fundamental stuff, reading all the announcements and reports that would come out, hmm. and it was all ended up being old news and it wasn't really helping me. No. So that's when I came across charting and thought this is the answer this is what I've been looking for mm. but mm. thanks for sending the video that's awesome yep. really good you didn't say it was good looking he is well you've just said it I mm. don't need to say it now okay <laughs> our first email question is from Colin the CSL result came up an hour ago um, and this is the report that an email that came to us today wasn't it I'm not sure when was it came it yesterday out? net profit Oh, that was right. It was a week ago, was it? The directors just said, net profit after tax up 9.5%. Is that good for the share price? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Colin. Okay, so net profit after tax up. <laughs> like, you know, the market, um, you know, the big players in the market often know what's coming. Well, it depends on what they're expecting. Yeah, so they put out forecasts expecting a, a particular result and then the market or the people in the marketplace, the major players are anticipating based on news that's known whether they're going to meet those targets or not. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you seen a company that it's increased its profits but the share price has fallen? That's right. How many times have you seen a company report record profits and the share price has fallen? I mean, Combank's a classic for that. Mm. You know, it goes, hey, we've made all-time record profits and it falls 25 or 30% in the next six months. So yeah, that's because the certain institutions have been pushing it up in the lead-up to that announcement. Yeah, because it's about... What the institutions are doing, they're buying tomorrow's return. So what they're looking at is when when they're analysing a company, they're buying for the medium to longer term. They're buying for one and two and three years out plus. So they're looking at what are their earnings going to be in the next 12 months, two years, three years. And so they're not necessarily surprised. So I've seen companies that have, you know, the yeah, 10% rise in their profit. But if the market was expecting 20%, then the share price will get punished because it'll go away or go down because they thought, well, we were expecting this, but we only got that. So mm -hmm. let's start selling. But if they're expecting 5% and got 10%, then it's really good for the share price. So it's not just the announcements, it's in context to what you have to really compare it. So right now, I think Well, that's it hasn't great driven news. the share price higher. If you look at the chart, yeah. you can see there that the share price is going sideways at the moment. Mm. So the market's really not responding to that anyway. No, so obviously mm. they were expecting that. So there's nothing much there. So what did they say? You know, no, no, nothing to see here, move on, stay safe and carry on. 
something like that, whatever it is. But, but, but let's move. Are you finished with this one? Okay, you're next. Okay, I'm next again. <laughs> well, the next one we have is from YM, who says, Hi, Dale and all the team members. I watch your videos, and they're very informative. Thank you very much for that. Um, I have a good question or a question about gold. What do you think is physical gold, better investment, or buying gold shares? Thanks, YM. That's one of the questions that we sort of we talked about with Joshua on mm. my recording for that. But I will answer it again for YM, and, and it, we did bring it up because you can get physical gold, you can get ETFs on gold, or you can buy a gold miner, mm -hmm. a stock price. So people like Newcrest who mine, mine gold. So what's, which one would you prefer? And that's really what the question is, is, you know, to me, or what, what Joshua was saying is you can buy an individual miner but you're still buying a stock so there's still the same criteria and some of the gold miners do other things as well it's not just mine gold so you think you know there's a correlation between the gold price and obviously that company if the gold price is going up the company will do better um, but his argument was you'd buy gold all the time by physical gold not buying an ETF because when you buy a gold ETF they're not necessarily buying gold behind the scenes they just might be having like a, um, a structured product behind underneath it or, uh, and looking at their exposure to it so you're much better buying physical gold and having it stored whether you store it Do you home. agree with that? Um, yeah, I don't tend to disagree with that because end of the day is if you've got a physical gold bar and it's in a safe storage place, not under your bed, guys, just in a safe. I mean, it depends. If you've only got a few gold coins, store them at home. But, you know, if you've got a, you know, a fair chunk of gold, store it in a place because gold historically averages 10% per annum. Look. I mean, I think you've got some really good relevant points there, and he obviously knows but. a lot about the subject, but, <laughs> but. I disagree. <laughs> All right. I want to play the devil, devil's advocate here because I think that it's so much, in my mind, easy. you've always said, okay, if you're going to look at gold, and we're talking gold versus mm. ETFs, right? Yep. But you've always said if you're going to buy gold, buy the stock, the physical stock, because you get the dividend income plus you get the capital growth. Now, my thinking is that if you're looking at gold and you're interested in that area, then look at the ETF history. Mm to see where, where, what it actually tracks. Does it tend to track the gold price really well? Does it tend to track big stocks really well? If you get to understand it and you can see how it moves, then why not trade the ETF and But you've got counterparty risk too. And yeah, that's, well, that's the thing true. I don't like is mm. the counterparty risk with the ETF provider. And then they can change the rules and shut down the ETF at any time. Yeah. You, what do you do with your gold bar? You can't even pick it up. But then there's this thought with the gold bar, like buy mm. and hold it and just don't sell it. Yeah, but it's You see, good. and then mums and dads get into that thinking and they, they won't sell it because it's physical gold. And but I think, should they sell it? That's but, the point. But at some point I think they should because if you have a look at the gold price, it's just mm. like this: any stock, it has a significant decline at times. Correct. So it goes sideways and down. Why would you down. want to be in it that at that point? It has an inverse correlation to you the stock You could still market. use a trend line on, on the gold price yeah, you and could. get out of you your could. gold But it's about point. diversifying asset classes because mm. you know, the federal government can change regulations, the stock market can do things, something could happen with the stock. Mm -hmm. So it's a diversification of risk that's all it is yeah so am I saying put all your money into gold no I'm not saying that but if you put you know a small percentage of your money maybe five or ten percent into gold and you've got a long-term view there's no issue there because mm -hmm. it's like it as as the, the research is it runs along at ten percent per annum but you're going to have sideways periods and downward periods of six to twelve years you know mm -hmm. could be because if the market's bullish for six years gold's going to be flat or bearish for six years yeah so you're going to get that as well but and having a gold bar, you know, you're gonna. It's it's not a currency too, but keeping money in cash, 
No, keep it money. If you want to keep gold, is very very liquid. You can sell gold straight away, have your money back really quickly, like mm. in the same day. Unlike some other forms of investment, you can't do that. So mm -hmm. there's pros and against all everything. Yeah, very much I mean, so. gold used to be like that in the old days, where mm. it used to be very different. But it, it off, a lot mm. of the time, it tracks the market mm. price or the market value. So the next question we have is from Wes. Thanks, Wes. If you get a chance to have a look at AFG, another stock I hold again. So this is a, a rep another question from this another person. Another question. Thank you. Uh, again, poor entry uh, at 192 about three months ago when I was when it was coming down from its high. It it had a nice bullish run to get back there and looks like it will break through the two dollar range. Look for a new high. We uh, would love your thoughts. Appreciate everything that you're going doing for viewers. Okay, thanks very much, Wes. Okay. All right. So, so looking what are we at looking that, at? looking at Australian Finance Group, oh, AFG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So now looking at the chart here, you can see it's got a bit of a checkered history there. Um, yeah, AFG are mortgage aggregator, aren't they? They are. Look, I mean, looking at the long-term history of it, there's a big gap mm. on the chart there, and I, I went and. Um, to adjust the volume, um, the, the history of it. So whenever you're charting, one of the most important things that you've got to learn to do is make sure that your, your provider's data is always up to date. And I'd already checked this before I came on the show, mm. but it's it's important point to to bring up to people because a lot a lot of time people just trust data. Remember when we did oh, all yeah. that review on um, the Optima data, which is a software that we provide when students come on board and do our course. Data providers, didn't we? we we did, and so I reviewed all of this data, these data mm. feeds, and in the end, the software and 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 Optima were they won hands mm. down in terms of reliability and the functionality. So what are we it. talking about on the chart here? Let's get onto the chart. All right. So looking at um, not, you'll get it's not bruise. an ad for Optima. No. <laughs> um, looking at the. the <laughs> I don't need another. Um, looking at the ad, the the gap here. Sorry, um, I'd say that there's some sort of functional gap that's occurred in the stock chart, and I actually am more interested in what it's done recently. Yeah, well, it could have been a backdoor listing too. It could have been. So that's why I'm more interested in the yeah. um, the recent, you know, the more recent mm -hmm. um, position that the chart's taking. Now, it's gone up because the rest mm -hmm. of the market and COVID, a lot of stocks have gone up. So whether this stock is going to keep rising, you won't really know for a while yet. It looks like it's holding up well. If it trades above the $2 mark, then I think it's got a really good chance of yeah, moving on. I do too. So that's really the, the yardstick for it. If it starts to pull back and we see the stock price come back, say, below about $1.65, then yeah. I'd say it's more likely to go south. Than yeah, I'd be, I'd be there. Mm. I mean, obviously, being a mortgage ag aggregator, you've got to look at what's going on in the property market for that because that's what they're doing. Yeah, OK. So, you know, if we've got people defaulting on mortgages, people not building, people not buying property, then mm. how how much growth is in there at the moment? So, but again, I agree with you. I Look, think I've been speaking to a lot of mate. people who have, in, you know, particularly Queensland. Mm. I think there's an interest in Queensland. Mm. So, watch out, Queenslanders. You could get a lot of people buying your property up there, and that could be a good thing for you. So, it just may mean that there's a bit of a shift in the cycles around Australia. Yeah, I mean, I know we've been. I've been looking around for like six months. I've been mm. looking around somewhere I could buy. In, in Next thing, you'll have all the real estate agents ringing you. Oh, no, don't please. <laughs> you know, anyway, okay. Your turn. You go for it. Okay. <laughs> So remember to hit that subscribe button now and also like the video. And remember to share the video of tonight's show on your social media with your friends and colleagues so the show can continue to grow and help more people. 
All right, now. Well, because we're into the main topic we, already. Oh, that's Jeez, right. Quick, I was chatting to a mate of mine the other last week, and he goes, he said, sometimes I want to watch your show, it's like watching grass grow, and other times it just goes so fast. <laughs> and I said, well, which one's which? Yeah. And he goes, because well, I get sick of listening to your voice because you're a mate of mine. Oh. I think that's what it is. But let's get on to our main okay. topic anyway. Now it's the time we get into the topic for tonight, as Dale said, which is top growth stocks to buy in quarter 2020 part one. Now, maybe part one depends on you. This week we'll share our thoughts on five growth stocks and we intend to continue with more stocks next week if enough of you like the show tonight. Oh. And I can hear you all saying, hooray, yes, we want more. <laughs> no, hit the like button. You can hear the sounds so of the keyboard like clicking. Button. Now, people constantly mm. search the internet for hot stock tips, but is this really a good thing? We hope that you've been learning that there is a much better way to make money in the market by learning to analyse your own investments so you can make good decisions and not rely on tips. Now, those who give you tips for free may have a vested interest in suggesting a stock is a buy and the stock may not even be going up. So to follow blindly really puts you at the mercy of the market. Now, while our aim is always to raise your awareness and empower you to properly understand and how to trade and learn how to trade the market, we know how you love to watch us as we share our insights into stocks. So we're going to give you a little bit more of that tonight. Remember, before you put your hard-earned at risk, it's really important that you, one, set your own stock selection criteria to determine whether your stock suits your portfolio and, most importantly, learn how to apply proper buy and sell rules and how to properly test that they work. Because we all pay for our education one way or another, and we're better to learn the right way, which is so true. Mm -hmm. So what are the best growth stocks to buy on the ASX as we come into the end of 2020? We'll get into this very soon. In tonight's show, we'll discuss our expectations for the Australian market as we move into the last quarter of 2020 and provide you our thoughts on what to look out for when considering some of the best growth stocks to buy on our market. Now, tonight we intend to share with you a little about each of the first five stocks and what we see on the chart. So how we select stocks is pretty important, isn't it, in a broader sense? Yeah, and I think that's probably... Look, when I when I talk to the half of the people that watch our show are beginners or investors, mm. and then about another twenty percent of them ish are people with less than twelve months experience in trading the market. And now I, you found that in your poll, didn't you? Yeah, you that was on our poll, poll that we did about ten days ago. So we've had one, know, four, three, four hundred people on the poll. So it's a pretty good statistic that more than about seventy odd percent of the people watching the show are beginners to mm -hmm. one year experience in the marketplace and when I talk to a lot of these people they really don't have solid rules around finding stocks to buy and looking at what stocks to buy because they don't really have a good idea of their portfolio it's their portfolio is just liking slapping things in they go oh that looks good that looks good that looks good and and as you mentioned it's sort of like you know, you need to understand why you're buying and selling. So mm. what is it? And so, yes, a stock may give you a really good buy signal, but it may not suit your portfolio and people don't necessarily understand that. So you could be getting the wrong stock for your portfolio, but you do need to know how to manage it. Now, whilst we're going to look at five stocks in a second and say, well, hey, these ones we think are good for this last quarter, because we're only just over a week out of getting into that last quarter, things may change next week and that's what a lot of people don't understand is you can get these hot tips in newspapers or on you know tv and, and i don't know how many times journalists have said to me you know and to you can you just give me your top five stock tips 
mm. you know, and we'll put that in the newspaper or the magazine or, you know, and it's not, well, I got it on one magazine one day and, like, the magazine didn't come out for six weeks and I'm like, how am I going to give a buy recommendation six weeks out? It just doesn't make sense to me. So it's about taking responsibility for whatever you do, whatever we show you tonight. It's your responsibility to do your own research and determine to buy and sell rules, whether you would buy them, whether they fit your portfolio, how you're going to manage it. And make sure you just don't blindly go and buy and or sell if we say to sell sort of stuff sort of stocks and and i find that's where people get it wrong so many times they just blindly follow experts thinking well the expert said this it's got to do that um, but there is no certainty in the market other than uncertainty um, and so it doesn't matter what we say things can change tomorrow or next week is that mm. fair yeah, enough that's perfect. To say? okay mm. well so you want to bring up the first stock um look You've oh, got a script to read. Oh, OK. Now, before we get into the charts, uh, this year we'll certainly... You didn't tell me we had more of a script. Um, it's not much. <laughs> this, Just a little this, bit for you. OK, thank you very much. Now, before we get into the charts, this year we'll certainly go down in history as one of the most challenging in so many ways, including the challenges with buying and selling stocks um, on the Australian and indeed world markets. Now, it may surprise you to know that in the 38 weeks, yes, 38 weeks we've seen of uh, this year, this, from the 1st of January 2020, the market... Or the Australian market rose a little over 7% in the early part of the year before falling over 39% into that March low with the COVID meltdown. Since March, it rose up around 43%, big move up, but is falling away again to trade at the same level it was around 15 weeks ago. So the price of the all odds right now was roughly what it was 15 weeks ago, nearly 50% of the way through the year, well, 50% of the time. So consequently, many investors, or what I find is many investors have found it challenging not only to know when to buy or sell, but exactly what to buy and sell or what stocks to buy and sell. So let's take a look at the market, where it's heading, and uh, we'll take a look at some of those best growth stocks. So let's look at Optima again, and we're okay. gonna bring it up. So my take on the market is we're moving down at the moment. So people have been watching uh, my market report yesterday, mm -hmm. you'll know that I've been saying the All Lords, I think, is going down into sort of mid mm -hmm. to late October. So I yep. think the next four to six weeks, our market is generally down. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it will keep, it's a nice orderly type of movement right down at the moment. I think that's going to continue. So what that does is gives us opportunity to look at some of these stocks and say, hmm, It gives what it a time in? to do that. But hmm. the question is, how far is it going to fall? Okay, so if it falls hmm. another few weeks, we could be down 5%. That's the anywhere between 3 and 5%. That's the ideal scenario for our market. Hmm. But if it's a much more contracted pullback that we see on the market, we could be down in the order of 10, 5 to 10%. Mm -hmm. So that just changes You're the ball game. You're more conservative than I am. I gave yeah. them a bigger target than that. I said if it really gets going, it could mm. be up to 15. Well, look, I'm just saying this year, mm. if, it, if it pulls back, you know, you might be talking into 2021 that you think if no, it pulls back No, 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 I think it's, up. I mean, to me, it's quite possible because you don't know at the moment with mm. COVID-19 what's going on. And I said, you know, like, yeah, I do think it could be, could be around about 10%. Mm. But I need to prepare it for being worse. That's sure. really what I was saying. So, and what's the worst? If it's 15%, it's still okay. No, the worst scenario is that our market goes into a complete decline, which at the moment we don't think that it's going do to that. do that. Yeah, no, I don't think it'll do that. So mm. now let's look at the stock. So we think the market's going to be a little bit bearish for the next four to but six weeks. But I just weeks. wanted to say that if mm. the market does pull back in the next four to six weeks, it mm. could even find support around the... Um, five, eight, five eight to six thousand. So it's right now our market's traded back below that six thousand point mark. Yep. Now it could find support anywhere between five seven and five uh, nine. 
right, yep. as part of this pullback into this zone. And if it does that, we could see the market take off to challenge these highs again and head back above 6,200 oh, points. Look, I agree. I said yesterday actually on my report that as long as it stays above 5,400 mm. and starts to rise again, then I'm not worried at all. Yeah, okay. And really, because and, that's a very, very strong support level mm. for the market. But uh, my guesstimate was where you're talking about. That's where I thought the well, market was. Well, look, I'd actually support. be a bit more concerned if our market comes mm. back to that 5,400 point mark, mm. I'd be a little bit more concerned. I'd want a bit of um, confirmation around that level that it's going to push back up again. Oh, yeah, but I mean, mm. if it stays above that, then I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, so okay. that's what we're looking at. So let's go and look at All the right. stocks now. So looking at the stocks, the yeah. first one is a bit, one, one that's sort of, before we get into it, is a bit more out of the park, right? So this one is one that you liked, which is uh, Wise Tech Global. Yep. So it's not one that we're saying, like Dale mentioned before, we're not saying to buy it now. But in terms of its prospects, you like this one. The question is, where's it going to go to in the last quarter? Now, the challenge in picking some stocks that are just going to be up for the last quarter, if, you, if, you had a, if we had a, had the challenge, we were given the challenge mm -hmm. that said in the next year or two, can you find some stocks? Well, hey, you can find a lot of stocks that could potentially be doing well in the next year or two. And I, and I would have loaded this up with mining stocks, and there may be a few of those to talk about later. But... You know, right now, I, you know my view on the mining stocks, mm. they could go up short term, but then there's this downside risk in the short term as well um, that could impact their share price to, if they were to fill those gaps, come back to fill those gaps on the weekly chart. Mm. Now, I'm not saying they will, but like you said before, we've got to prepare for the worst and, and hope for the best and, and mm. plan for that. But um, this is what I'm preparing for. So, you know, Wise Tech is one of those stocks that's a bit more higher risk. So, therefore, what you'd be saying is that you, if you're investing and you've got a portfolio structured, that you would be looking at a small percentage of your portfolio that you might allocate some money to the stocks that are a bit more volatile. Um, but that's only if you want to. It's not like you're saying that this is a prescription and this is what you would do. You could just have all really conservative stocks in your portfolio and do, yeah, still do well. Yeah, if you've got well. a super fund, then I would be putting something a lot more conservative in it. But, I mean, we do get people do like some of these more. I want the lower end of the market. Which could be trading stocks. Yeah, but WiseTech is still, it's part of the WAC stocks. It's still a good stock. It's been lagged behind pretty much the rest of the WAC stocks. Mm. So that's why I liked it. I did like it if we look at the chart. I mean, I was like, it way back through here and I was telling people about it. Now, you know, some of our people, we did trade it um, and it took off. Now, at, after it took off, I was getting some questions and I said, look, I think don't jump into it now. It's probably going to come down and drift slowly drift down because when you see these big spikes like this, you'll generally see it drifting down. But that's looking quite good. We've only had two days of data in here, but there could be a buy on this in the next couple of weeks. Mm. Um, and I'm not discounting it or it could drop down a little bit further. But at this point in time, I still like it more medium term. Yeah. And it could do very, very well in the third quarter. It could do very well into next year. But Now, fundamentalists would be scratching mm, their heads, right? Be. Because the PE is so high. It's just out of the park mm. high. Mm. Not even in any, like if we set criteria for a portfolio, often we, we would um, set technical criteria, but we might have some filters on the fundamentals there mm. to determine whether the stock could get in the portfolio or not. And so this one wouldn't even fit that bill because it's so far out of the park with, mm. the, with the PE being 144 at the moment. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. And that's where sometimes as a technical analyst, we're, con we're in conflict with some of the, the actual um, 
fundamental data because we're only looking for sort of short to medium here. Mm. We're not looking for long term. And you're know, right now, fundamentals, with the uncertainty in the market, how do you know the fundamentals are right? That's right. You know, because companies are struggling to figure out what their earnings are going to be in the next two years. Well, this is what we've been so, talking yeah. about before the show. Mm. So before we just get into the next stock, because this is going to, what we're going to be talking about is going to lead into the next stock. Okay. Because right now we're looking at a list of stocks with PEs that are typically high. Our market PE is around 20, which when our market mm. gets to around 20, often the market will have a pullback yep. to revalue stocks. But the problem we've got at the moment is People, people are being, companies are being quite conservative. Well, you think that they'd be smart to be conservative right now because if they're not conservative, they'll be hammered they'll by be the hammered. market. Mm -hmm. So this is where it's going to be much harder for people who are completely blinkered and fundamentals. They won't see the true picture about what's going to happen. So this is where you need to really mm. look at the charts. So looking at Woolies, for example, which is the next stock. Woolworths. I mean, it's yeah. Woolworths is a big... Um, you know, it's a defensive type of share. Yeah, so it is. It's one for a more conservative portfolio, but in saying that, it can be quite volatile. Now, mm. you know, we were looking at this some time ago and we decided not to take it because, you know, it, it, just because of the way the chart had unfolded, we want more confirmation, even though in the final quarter it could start moving back up again. There is a, some risk to the downside right now, and it proved it just with the last Correct. four weeks that it pulled back. So With this, yeah. Yeah, so that's why we stayed away from it in the short term. But right now, um, if this thing gets back above $40, it could start to look good again. So, And it could be good for the final quarter, and it could be good into 2021. But mm. it needs to prove that, right? And so... Um, that's we've selected this one. Fundamentals yeah. on the stock again. We're talking about um, PEs on on stock, big stocks that are high. So we're, we're looking at around 28, which is really unusual mm. for these shares. Yeah, and yet, it is. And yet the retail retailers have been doing re quite well because yeah. of people are buying a lot from the supermarkets. They're not going out to restaurants. But what's going to happen when? Um, if that, when and if that changes, say in Victoria and New South Wales, where more people head back to the restaurants and cafes, is that going to change the ball game for, yeah, for these ones? I think in the next quarter, that's not really going to happen in mass either. No. So with us anyway. But let's move on. We got. So oil that's search. what we're looking at there. So, so we're looking oil, at oil search, search. Is, a, is sort of a bit higher risk category. Now, if you're looking at mm -hmm. companies like this, you might also compare it to say a wood, 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 uh, Woodside. Woodside. So because we're talking about gas and, and oil exploration here for oil search. Mm -hmm. Now, we know there's a bit of controversy going on. The government's having a bit of a banter at the moment with the industry. So they stuffed up because they, ma they made um, contracts with the, the industry, allowing them to to do to um, get the oil and um, get the gas out of the the ground and then pr and produce what they're producing without making sure that Australia had a reliable supply at a decent price. They oh, were, nice. So they allowed that to happen and now they're mm. beating them up for it. So that's to me is just lack of foresight. And we don't make we don't make petrol here. Yeah. So 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 we but we're looking at these companies. So now the governor talking about um, mm. constructing a gas. Um, plant. So we're looking at these companies that potentially could do really well in the future, but there's still some question marks around so it, also which is why the price is going down. pick on this sector, Woodside's there, but I mean, you'd Woodside's also, also, also you could ampoles around that sort of... Yeah, I'm less, less attracted to them yeah. compared to these ones. So look, these could turn up in the final quarter of this year, so I'm just mm. watching well, to see... Well, energy's been slammed the last it has. 12 months. So, so that's the area of our market that's yeah. down. So this is where people think, oh, look, you know, these are the areas that have been performing poorly. And yes, mm. as we've showed you before on the show, that these are the areas you've got to start watching yeah, uh, when that correct. happens because eventually they'll turn up. So, All right. so next this is an interesting one. Where's Farmers? 
which I love. I think this yeah, is Yeah, West great. Farmers is one of the best stocks on our market. Mm. Now, I've been told to slow down. I'm, you know, I've got to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> um, overheating. Overheating. All right, so West Farmers, um, WES is the code. Yeah. Is, and now, this stock was an absolute dog stock for a few years. It actually well, traded sideways. Just okay. have a look at this. You can see that on the chart there. This is the monthly chart of West Farmers. So for some years, it just did nothing. And it would go up and down and drive us crazy. Yep. Um, now I think it's broken out of that pattern and I think it's more likely to keep going. They're cashed up. They've got, there's opportunity for West Farmers. They've got Bunnings, which is doing incredibly well. They've still got some anchors, but I think the retail side of things is just... Well, they split off coals, so that they did, sort of helped That was a them. good decision, I That think. was a really good decision, so that mm. really helped them, and that's where we've seen that boost more in the last year or two, getting rid of that coals. Yeah. Or getting I'm not sure coals. that their timing was perfect, but... No. But in terms of the long-term um, mm. direction and where they're going, I think that it allows them to be more focused and to direct the capital into areas that it's going to produce more growth. So they were talking about 20-odd percent growth um, over coming years with, with the projects that they're looking at taking on. So right now I wouldn't be buying West Farmers, but I'd be just, you know, in waiting for the, the next great opportunity in West Farmers. But it looks like it's really broken out of that sideways move and it looks like it's more yeah. bullish for the medium, that medium to longer term, doesn't it? Look, if the worst case scenario occurs on the market, it, mm. not the worst case, but if, yeah. the, if there's a little bit more downside on the market this year and it does keep falling a bit further, then this might take longer to well, recover, but stocks? I'd expect... That's, that's sitting in its all-time high at the moment, just be prior, yeah? Was that its all-time high? That was high? its all-time high, yeah. So how many stocks on our market were sitting at an all-time high last month? Um, not a lot. There mm. was a few, but not, mm. yeah. So that just shows mm. you the strength of that stock after bouncing from March right through to getting up to that level. So the strength mm. of the stocks, all the people, there's, there's a lot of people that want to, to get into this sort of stock. So there's a lot of things, a lot of positives in this at this point in time, really, isn't there? That's right. Look, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not quite sure what um, we're being asked to look at here, but... Um, That's okay. We've got a, we've got plenty of time to have a bit of a chat anyway, but it's about how we're looking at stocks and what what's well, our thinking when we're looking at a stock. Probably it's, that's what a lot of people understand is, well, sorry, they pick up the newspaper, they watch the TV, they get on the web, they get their broker reports and it says, you know, XYZ stock and it's got all these fundamental criteria. I think that's all out the window at the moment. Yeah. So I think people are going to find it very hard to follow that sort of information. I think this is where the charts are going to be king yeah. right now. Hmm. So if you can learn how to do this in the next you know, six to 12 months, I think it's going to... I was going to what you say, six to 12 minutes, we'll be right. Yeah, yeah it's perfect timing in my, in my book um, to take advantage of the next five to 10 years. I think it's, you know, people hmm. are going to make a lot of money coming going forward. So West Farmers is one I'd have on the list. PE's quite high still. Yep. It's above the 20s. So, you know, historically we would look at stocks that had a PE of, of around 20 to, you know, 20 to 30, depending on where you want to set it. It could be 25, 30 mm -hmm. might be the cutoff. And that would preclude from your portfolio a lot of the, the tech stocks. Yes. Um, so that just went out of the park recently. But mm -hmm. so that's where you have to weigh up whether you set the fundamental criteria and what you set at the start. Mm. So that's West Farmers. Now, if we can just go and talk about one more, can we? Yeah, yeah, we've got, we've got time. We've got plenty of time to talk about one more because I know in past shows we've shown people how to do a form of top-down analysis to look at the market and then bring it down into different areas, yeah. then into sectors and then into the stocks within that sector. So that's how we're filtering. Yeah. Because we're looking, and as Janine was saying, we're looking at what 
you can't buy yesterday's return and that's really what I've been saying this for the last few weeks is people you know they're jumping on things that performed last month or last year and they're thinking well it's going to do the same and we've had numerous examples of that in the last two years from Bellamy's to A2 Milk to Z1Pay to Afterpay you know, they're just people they jump on them and jump on them and jump on them and then they well, run A2 out of Milk's steam. coming back now. A2 Milk's mm. looking really good right now. So. They're all cyclical stocks. And they they? Are. Once you realise that they're cyclical, mm. then you can actually be in there at better times rather than um, you know, being mm. riding the wave up and down all the time. Mm. So looking at, so what we're actually saying is don't necessarily look at what's been performing the last month or two. Look at what's not been performing because it's likely that they'll turn around and start to catch up because you want to buy the return before it actually happens. Uh, you're meaning basically you want to get into the companies before they rise like we showed you, um, you know, with... Um, well, can we just um, preface that by saying... Stop being big sentence, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, go. Because that's a very, like, I know where you're coming from, mm -hmm. where Dale's coming from, but what concerns me is the, I'm concerned for people who are listening because you, and I'm mm -hmm. hoping that you're going to continue by saying, um, even though you're getting in when before it's rising, we've talked so many times about catching a falling knife. I wasn't going to tell that. Jeez. God, no, no, it's like, but like Wise Tech, right? Mm -hmm. So where I was talking about, if I go back to Wise Tech, and we bring that back up again. So you can have a look at this. Right through here, I wasn't talking about WiseTech. I was talking about it through here. Yeah, so you're not trying to pick it up at the bottom. No, so that's what I'm saying is, you know, you're looking at where the next movement is likely to be. So not necessarily picking the bottom. So when we're looking at something like Woolies. Same sort of thing. Same sort of thing as WiseTech. And mm -hmm. so that's setting itself up nicely because it's we go in from... Um, the market goes from equilibrium to disequilibrium and you want disequilibrium because that's what happens when prices move, either up or down. When you're equilibrium like what we're seeing on Wally here, it's going sideways, so that's equilibrium. But eventually you get disequilibrium when one side really takes a hold, so either bulls or bears will take a hold. And you want to know where they are because it, right now this is telling me that the stock's not going down. The bears aren't there mm. to push it down. It's just going sideways. And a lot of people look at this and go, oh, it's not going anywhere. But they're setting up and it's just an accumulation phase here of people just slowly buying a little bit and eventually you'll get this equilibrium that shoots up. Now, in the short term, it may come mm. back a bit, settle down. Yeah, it may. Um, in it, before it breaks out again. But look, it, there's a potential on the upside. Looking at, it's it's the, the historical charts I that you look at. I get excited when I see charts like that. Well, it's more interesting too to look at the long term prospects of it mm. you know at the moment it's just coming off a bottom so and that's similar to um, the wise tech scenario the shorter term projections but this longer term picture is more like oil search mm. coming off long-term lows if the materials companies start to move mm. then this thing's going to move yeah potentially so that's the, that's an interesting one so look mm. for the final quarter um, these are the ones that we're looking at so far and there, there is a few more if um, well, enough people have I think there's better Tick ones the next light. week, isn't there? There's a lot better ones next <laughs> week. So you've got, you've got to be here next week to see next week's ones. But uh, no, but that was a really good summary, wasn't it, in terms of that? But again, it, we really have to impress on you. It, whether you buy and sell these stocks is up to you. You need to make sure you've got the rules, you understand why and whether they fit your portfolio. You need to be responsible for that. And if you don't understand why you'd be buying it, then don't buy. Stay out. It's better to stay out than be stressed. So All right. Now let's get into some more emails, shall we? But before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now. Otherwise we don't do the more stocks, isn't that what you said earlier? <laughs> yeah. And whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up and click on that like button. 
I think, can you just mute his mic for a minute? Okay. Okay, we have an email from Alan. Hi, Janine, I'm considering CTD at the moment. Understandably, they took a big hit during the lockdown but seem to be rebounding very well. Their monthly and weekly charts look promising. Their cash flow is excellent, no debt, and I think their industry will only grow over the next year. And as they say, there'll be numerous opportunities to purchase growth by acquisition at good prices. Morningstar has fair value rating on them at 18 plus percent. What do you think? Thanks, Alan. All right, um, CTD I've got up there on the charts. Mm. Now, this has come out of a long-term decline, okay? So if we were to put a trend line down there, um, and I've got control of the mouse right now. That's dangerous. Yeah. So very, we try very to dangerous. get a trend line. Now, I've put a dashed line down there to start with to see if we can get... now. The, the, the analysts out there who understand trend lines, you can go and check to see whether this is a Don't valid one or not. Don't that. <laughs> um, it's your job. Looking at the stock, it's actually tried to get through that angle, but um, at the struggling. moment it's struggling. So we could see it pull back on the downside. The plus, I guess, in the short term is there's still a gap on the upside there on the weekly. There's some significant resistance, though, around this $19.20 mark. And What's really interesting to me about the way that stocks mm -hmm. move around particular price levels is often they'll resonate around particular levels and pull back. So you can see here that it actually found support around the, the eight and nine dollar mark, okay? Then it went to about double that. So it's met resistance around double the price. Now that's not something that's uncommon to me in looking at stocks, but it may be something that you've only just seen for the first time because you're new to the market. I actually like the look of it at the moment, but I it mean, looks I do agree with you. It? Yeah, it does look interesting, but I mean, I do agree with you. It's probably gonna come down a little bit. But Short term, we yeah. can see it. If it keeps coming down towards the end of the week, we could see it come back with the yeah, market. But I wouldn't be betting my house on this market or this industry recovering too much in the next two years because in as a business we've all learned how to do business a different way you know mm. like we've all become you know good friends of zoom meetings you know and doing our business that way so obviously in a corporate travel that's what they do is corporate travel it's really so, irrelevant what they say about the yeah, fundamentals isn't yeah, it because the, yeah, look at the daily to be chart rude, but that's okay that's just say it like you think <laughs> Isn't that what Aussies are supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, look at the chart. Um, we can see there on the daily there, just quickly, there's mm -hmm. lots of, loads of gaps there. So in the short term, we could see it come back to $14, $15 or $12, $13. Yeah, I would just trade on what we see, not yeah. what, what's written. That's what I was saying, That's trade on what point, we see yeah. on the chart, not mm -hmm. what we're hearing in the media, what might happen with corporate travel because, I mean, it's two years, I reckon, before we start travelling properly again around the world because... You know, you're gonna. Who wants to travel overseas if you have to go into quarantine for two weeks when you get there, and quarantine for two weeks when you get back? I don't know. There's your whole four weeks holiday. I don't know if you found a really nice hotel for me. I probably would. Yeah, there's plenty of nice hotels here in Melbourne, so try one of those. But let's get into the next question and okay. the next one we've got. As long is as it from had a view. Sorry. All right, as long now, as it had a view. Now, Mahmood sent in. Well, one. I haven't read, I've done his question yet, so Can I hold this your one? horse. No, we had my name on oh, okay, it. Okay, you do it then. So, <laughs> you did the script. He said, Mahmood says, hi, Dale and Janine. Hi, Mahmood. Good to have you back again, mate. Um, thank you for last Tuesday's show. It was very, very informative as usual. One of my targets is ResMed. I like this stock. Um, I've been waiting for an entry point since July, and now the stock is almost finishing a downtrend, down 20% from its peak. My plan is to buy and hold this stock till I get a signal for selling it. The stock held very strong during March, so I think it might be less risky to hold it for the upcoming period. I would appreciate your view on it. Thank you in advance, kind regards, Mahmood. Mm. Now you can talk. 
Okay. No, I want you to have a comment first. No, 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 you take over. Look, I think he's right about it holding up really well. It has mm. actually done that and continued to make a new high. We're looking at um, short-term downside, but just because it's, I think it's going to rebound in the short term doesn't mean that it's going to stay up. Yeah, That's correct. the challenge with it. There's a huge amount of resistance between $26 and $27. Now, healthcare stocks historically are much more resilient than a lot of other stocks in our marketplace. So we may see the sector recover, but right now the whole sector is looking a bit weak, except for there's, there, there actually is one stock that I'm thinking of that actually looks quite good, but I'm not going to mention that one until next week. Oh, you got to watch next week to find out what Jadine's hot, top, hot, hot, hot tip is. Okay, so looking it at it, I think there's still potential for ResMed, but you know it's got to do a lot of things to prove that it's going back up again, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. look, right now I'd be staying right out of it at the moment, just be sitting back waiting because it really at the moment you need to assume it's got a bit more to go down. But next week we might be changing our opinion. Um, but I would think in this current climate, it's in really the current changeable. Climate, isn't it? it is really, really changeable, and that's really what we're saying with your fundamentals. You know, it's like how much can you rely on those? Because even some of our technicals, we're getting some false signals mm. because uncertainty breeds that. You know, in the marketplace. So trying to pick peaks and troughs and how far a stock's likely to rise or fall when you've got uncertainty is a lot harder. Yeah, but the funny um, thing is that history tells you that when markets mm. are uncertain and a lot of people are. Right now, we're past mm. that period where every man and his dog thinks he's going to make a bucket load in the stock market. Correct. So this is often when, after that period, where the real opportunities are going to start showing up in terms of being able to plan yeah. for them. Correct. Once that um, everything settles down. So that was ResMed. So well, did you like want to it. say anything else on no, this? No, no, I think it's a great, great email, and thanks for sending it in, Mahmood. I thought that was really good. All right, the next email is from Mark. Can mm. you do a YouTube review on URX.ax? Taken... Um, it's taken a big dive since ASX announcement of a reset on September 17th. Right, that's interesting, isn't it? So Unibail, Rod Emco, Westfield is the, the oh, company. It just keeps going down. Yep. URW, it's just a big decline, isn't it? What can you say? It just looks bearish to me, and mm. I think there's, there's probably nothing redeeming to actually say about it, really, is For it? me, it has to get above $4 to even oh, start looking to. interesting. I know, when I'm talking, when I'm doing my Monday reports and I say, you know, what's the best performing sectors, and then I go, what's the best and worst performing stocks in the top 100? Constantly, this one's in the worst performance. Or AMP. Yeah, or AMP and IOOF, you know, mm. they, they always keep coming up. Yeah, all I the mean, insurance stocks are really... Yeah, and this one was the mm. worst in the worst performance that I was talking about yesterday. So mm. it does have a lot more down days than up. But you know, it has had a couple of days where, or a couple of weeks where it was the best performance back through here. It was up doing quite well. But right now, I just think this stock just looks looks bearish. With no sign of it finding any support, I don't really see anything good there. This is this is there. a stock that a lot of new people got sucked into during mm. that um, strong rise that it had. You were just pointing to before mm. this period in June. Yeah, because you're looking, if we don't bring up our little... Our little By percentage, it was huge, like wasn't it? Percentage, yeah, it was pretty huge. You look at that. So there was 65% rise. Mm. I need to have it fall away. And, and people that would have bought it in there, probably still holding it now, hoping it's going to return to that, yeah. um, to that level again. And it may not. Um, I'm not suggesting it's going to fall lots further, but hey, right now, it, you, you can never say a stock won't fall further mm. until it, you know, you need to make sure it's going up. So right now, I wouldn't be in this stock at all, and I'd just be sitting back, yep. waiting. But let's get into the next one. Oh, it's me. Sorry, it's me. You've got the me. lucky last. Okay, i got the lucky last one. This is an email from Jim Bob, who says, <laughs> hi, Dale and Janine. Stop laughing. Um, hi, Dale and Janine. I, 
I sound like a grumpy old man sometimes, don't I, with you? Um, I'm hoping you could have a look at Jumbo Interactive. Um, I purchased some shares around $13 and it's risen over the last few years, but has fallen today as a result of Tabcorp announcing they will sell their 11% stake. I don't believe this changes Jumbo's outlook and wondering what your thoughts are on this kind of event and the value of the stock. I am thinking it might be an opportunity to pick up some more things, Jim Bob. So I like Jumbo Interactive. I know you've talked about it for quite a while. Mm. And look, one week down mm. doesn't mean anything really in the big picture. Mm. However, there's always potential that this, you know, right now with perception being the way it is about stocks and people being so onto it, it could be that they get sold off a bit more. So yeah, I, I mean, especially if Tabcourt's selling it out, because mm. a lot of people think, oh, if the big end of town or somebody big like that's selling out, I should be getting out. But it mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that. They may have other things they need to do with the money. That's true. So they may have other plans, or they may need to shore up their own okay, balance sheet. So, so where would not where would you think that this stock's future's going to change, and where wouldn't you like it? After what point would it have to trade through? Oh, look, that'd have to trade through $10 before I'd actually get to negative about it right now still looks all right as long as it's holding up around that sort of 11 above i think i'd be okay with it at this point i'm in this market but you know if this traded through that 15 16 dollar 14 mark, 50 15 dollars even you know it's yeah, just, yeah if it trade right up through there then mm -hmm. i don't see any reason why this thing couldn't keep going up because okay. i do like it good. um i don't know what the fundamentals are like on it but i believe it's still looking pretty good but tap corp leaving is that really going to bother you uh, look, I don't really pay attention to a lot of that stuff. Yeah. You know, if I'm looking at a stock and I, I'm wanting to see if it, the chart's showing mm. me something that's positive on it, but this is a lower liquidity okay. type share. So expect it to be hit a bit harder. Yeah, so therefore, with the bigger stocks I'm talking about, because mm. I tend not to look at these stocks. So, But if I was looking at Jumbo Interactive because I traded in this area of the market, then I guess I would be paying more attention to those sort of announcements that can have a short-term impact on the share. Yeah, so would you buy more of it? I wouldn't buy more if it's falling away, no yeah, way. No, neither would I. And that's the thing is I was, had somebody on my market report yesterday, they said, oh, should I be, the stock's fallen away, you know, should I sell or buy more of it? And I said, well, it's not, you don't have that question. You either sell or you don't, simple. Mm, yeah. If you decide you're selling, you sell. If you don't, you're selling, you're deciding you're not selling, then it's not about buying more. Mm. That's not another question. It's just waiting. See, that's that brainwashing of that dollar cost averaging. Yeah, it is. And a lot of people do it. I mean, you know, because we're saying, yes, we don't think this is bearish, but mm. we've had one week down. But next week, or for the next two weeks are down, we might be changing our opinion and it could you know, very well go down to $7 or more because you don't know how the bigger end of the market. Yeah, we've seen stocks it. pull back into those consolidations mm. and reverse back up and off they go again. You just yeah, have to wait. Yeah, so right now mm, I, I wouldn't be buying more of it. I'd be waiting for it to go back up again because, again, like you coined, you could be catching a falling knife. So that's where we're at at the moment on Jumbo. But I do like it moving forward. Mm. I don't know. All right. It's now the end of tonight's show and Again. I hope you've enjoyed it and thank you for participating. If you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, send in your ideas and we'll look at your requests for upcoming shows. Yeah, so with with our Facebook page, for hopefully we've now, for our second week in a row, we've streamed live stream to Facebook as well as to YouTube, so that's pretty good. So hopefully people who have been on Facebook have been sharing and hitting that video to share the video to their friends, also liking it, and just posting some comments down there. We'd love to do that. And those people um, who are on YouTube, when the video goes out tomorrow, so if you're watching the recording of this, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Tell us what your favourite stock is right now so we can um, bring it up next. 
next week and have a look at it and, and tell you what we think of it. But do put your comments down below. We do read all of the comments and we do appreciate you taking the time to do it. So uh, remember to do get into that. But also remember to hit the subscribe button now and also like this video. That really does help us with YouTube. And remember to share your thoughts or your video of tonight's show on social media again now. Make sure we can grow this channel so we can help a hell of a lot more people. That's what our goal is. Now also remember to put this show on your calendar as we will be back here. Yes, we will be back right here in the studio live next Tuesday night to do Australian Stock Market Show again between 7 to 8 p.m. As always, we prefer to receive your 30-second video so we can see your face. So send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. You must do this before 3 p.m. Tuesdays to get in that night's show. Now, well, that really does bring us to the end of the show. And again, we really hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we have bringing it to you. As always, thanks for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. But for now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. And good on the farmers. Good on the farmers, yeah, go. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.